morning, good afternoon, and good evening to the listeners of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. We are back with another episode. Today we are doing episode 51. Now, originally when we had this episode listed on our docket, we didn't actually know what we're going to record, but too bad. We're just going to wing it, roll whatever we got. But the main thing that's still consistent is that it's me, Will, and my partner, Jason. Jason, my buddy, how are you doing? Uh, front of the episode uh, rectification here. Yes, we did not know what to put here. Will put in solid work. I feel the need to repeat that multiple times. He did a solid. Uh, it's going to be interesting because we have designed it in such a way that I know kind of, yeah. but not know really. So a little bit of like behind the scenes. Uh, we actually wanted to roll out a, a new format, like a new kind of episode uh, that we hadn't really formalized any anything in conclusion yet. But we it was did kind it of before. Like a, yeah, it was, we, it, it was more sort of like... Uh, a little retrospective on the performance of anime, manga, and the, you know, generally the the industry uh, in 2020. We didn't really do much of that last year, just because we had a lot of other topics we wanted to go over. But today, we are going to be doing a full rundown, a retrospective of the anime scene in 2022. Because, um, uh, listeners, I did not know if you know. But it's not 2022 anymore. Yeah. So because it's not 2022 anymore, you can technically say that it is history. We are going back in the past. Tomorrow, though, is a mystery because we don't know what the fuck's going to go on over there. Well, tomorrow never comes, right? But right now, today is the present because Will decided to gift me this 2022 retrospective, putting me in the dark, kind of. But I think we would do that because, and maybe, I don't know, Will, I'm kind of, we're kind of spitballing here, but maybe like we alternate between one, leaving one in the dark, leaving one in the know, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, right? But we're trying to experiment around to see Will has compiled very well and diligently sort of a lot of the stats, we were there are some caveats here and there. Yeah, the beginning and, of this sort of like format was kind of conceived when we were just spitballing about like crypto performances and how everybody. Wait, is that how it markets. started? Yeah, because we, we were talking about why don't we do something that's kind of like Wall Street bets, except call it Weep Street bets, and we would talk about like the performance quote unquote in this bear market of really shit anime and how studios need to pick their shit up, otherwise you're. Investor, investors, which are the anime fans, are going to start, you know, getting a little bit antsy and wanting to pull out their investments, which is less run de- run time, less watch time for your productions. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a riff on that. It's not like fully going to be like pure analysis, but you know, it's a trip down memory lane. Um, and I know you're like, you know, you you love data. I you love. Know. I mean, it's almost like a good portion of my job is about data generation and analysis, Will. Correct. Yeah. And uh, so we have obviously, as Will mentioned and I have uh, mentioned, we have done 2020 retrospective. We didn't do it for 2021 because we just thought 2020 was a one-off kind of scenario. Yeah. But we decided, hey, let's give it a second shot. You know, 
there's not one opportunity. You know, yep. mom spaghetti type shit. Yep. Let's go. So a lot of this is just kind of like sort of unplanned. Yes, I was working on this for a couple of days, but in terms of like the general structure, the flow of this discussion, or at least the flow of this quote unquote analysis, uh, it's kind of just going to be in, in, in impromptu. Yeah. But there and, are, yeah. And it's not like I am completely not know generally by the season of last year, like each season, what were the standout ones or you know, what were like the, the, the ones that were surprising or not, because we watched them. Will and I watched a lot of them or know at least them in part. So it is not like I don't know anything, but by kind of having some information or context, but not having the pure raw numbers, which were usually taken from my anime list, Mal, I wouldn't be able to definitively say something or at least Hmm, maybe I remember it being one way when in actuality the numbers say another thing. And sometimes that can be, in my opinion, great. Sometimes that can be bullshit because numbers are great, but human beings are emotional beings. Yeah, the numbers don't really mean anything until we put it into a specific context that, you know, not just Jason and I, but also you, the listener, can digest and understand it, right? So. What I did over the last few days was go back and forth between Google Sheets, uh, a couple of different calculators. How does uh, it feel, Will? It was tiring. But in a way, it was actually really fun because it actually led to a lot of, not so much discoveries, but more sort of like realizations that, wow, actually some studios, despite seeming that like they're like really, really, really popular and renowned, actually didn't do all that well in 2022. And then there were some like relative unknowns that actually just bucked the trend and produced some of the greatest series that we'd ever seen so it's nice just to compile everything together and compare it and just really at least have like some evidence again take evidence with a grain of salt this is just something that i did on the side uh on a whim but somehow managed to turn it into an actual topic uh that we can discuss today um oh i I thought I, i thought it was just hella fun to do it to be honest uh it is about six and a half, close to seven minutes in, but uh, news alert, there is none. Reading, watching, news alert, there is none. We're going to go straight into looking back, turning down the volume of 2022 because it's over. Yeah. And we can now fully assess the performance of things. So, yeah. yeah. Ha- Will, uh, I'm assuming that you have a format or like a kind of like a a really like structure in mind, right? Yeah. So the way I went about doing this was essentially going back and forth between Google Sheets and also using my anime list. Now, this is all data, all information that I took from my anime list that's really available. So in terms of like this being like a full in-depth analysis, no, that's not what this is. This is just purely for entertainment purposes. Do not take this as a, here's a disclaimer. Like this is not this is not financial advice. Yeah. Like don't put your stonks in this wee bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no, this no, don't don't no. It's not like Mappa Studio go. Brr, no, we're not trying to like make you money and whatnot here. And, and in case you are uh, being nitpicky, yes, there are also other anime databases. Any list is and so on and so forth. Any chart also has one. It just so happens that Will and I use my anime list a hell of a lot. We like the system. We know how it works. And uh, also a lot of people use it. So we decided to use that as a barometer, not only for all of our episodes, 
but for this one as well and also future ones as well. So yeah. so the data that I pulled from my anime list is purely from the TV new section for each seasonal that we're going to be, each season that we're going to be going over. So that would be including of winter 2022, spring 2022, summer 2022 and fall of 2022. So any series that was released as a TV new. So we're not including ONAs, OVAs, not including TV continuing, and unfortunately, we're also not including movies, just okay. because that there's a lot to unpack on that side as so well. So what happens when uh, the second cur of a two-cur show bleeds over? Yeah. Would that count? That would be, like, if, if, for example, if I look specifically on spring, even though there was a series that was running from winter through into spring, I would not count that series as part of the spring uh, analysis. Because it would because the second time around, it will be in the returning category and not in the new, right? Exactly. Uh, likewise, in terms of like sort of, like, there there are a couple of I guess genres or tags that are not included here. Um, so of course, there's no hentai, there's no erotica, uh, and there's also uh, no kids shows. So essentially, checking off those filters on my anime list and getting those results—that's the data I got. But the etchies, though, etchy. Yes, the etchy sketches that, that that will be there because so the sketchy shows are there because the by default when you look into uh, each seasonal those are the three that are checked off like the R eighteen plus and the kids stuff those are like not included in the filter right so cyberpunk edge runners is also there right no because oh that, shit why because will? it's not released as a TV new but rather as an ONA right because it's a Netflix exclusive so there are some simulcasts that. Or at least in Hong Kong or in Asia, outside of Japan, are Netflix technically not Netflix or was it Netflix originals? But they're Netflix exclusives, right? Yeah. So there's like this weird gray area. But for all intents and purposes, for Will, in terms of gathering data, and if you want to follow along, you can. It is my anime list. The new shows that are premiering, basically more or less the seasonal premiere shows that we are talking about that we also didn't cover and covered as well. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, no no ONAs. So stuff like Bastard, uh, Guitar Lives Alone. You bastard. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, of course, um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, those will not be included in this analysis. Um, yeah, I think that's generally it. Uh, if there's anything else I need to add later on, sure, I'll go ahead and do all that stuff later. So I've compiled... Oh, yeah. um, you gathered your date on what day? Uh, yes. So this was all data that was compiled as of January 5th through to January 6th. That's generally like when I started collecting all the data. Yes, there's some some data points did move, but maybe by like a second decimal place. So it's not like it's going to like massively affect the overall score or average of the numbers I put together. Yeah. And to be fair for not only our logistical issues, but from a premiere and end of season standpoint will and i know and if you listen to our episodes in the past you would also know that the way that my anime list works just like how actually i log my shows i do not rate the show until i complete it so there is a lot of people that also adopt the same practice or when they drop it they also rate it so the moment they stop watching it is when they rate it so usually that is at the end of the anime season so there is a basically a readjustment realignment of scores but after that when winter starts that's the cutoff that we've just put down that's yeah. it 
So basically, all these data points that I'm going to be mentioning are as of January 5th, around that period. So if you're listening to this sometime in the future and you look back on Mal and you find, oh, that's, you know, the scores are different. That's because these are all like moving parts. It's never going to be like, oh, just because Jujutsu Kaisen is an 8.78 or whatever it may be, it will always be that. There's always room for a score to go up or down, and there's always room for more members to join on each specific series. So we're just not going to be like constantly changing this. You hear it now. That's the data point, the date that we're going to be like talking about. So in terms of the breakdowns, there are sheets for winter, spring, summer, and fall of 2022, along with one that encapsulates all of them across the full year. We'll also be doing a genre breakdown, uh, a breakdown of the genres per studio. And then the last sort of discussion we may have is generally about what we would have considered to be the best performing studio, the worst performing studio. Like Again, it comes with an asterisk because these are just general stats from one specific platform and using our own personal opinions on how we interpret that data. We should give a letter grade, Will. Oh my god. Bro, we sh- no no, maybe not for each studio cuz that's excessive. Maybe for each season, but I'm thinking kind of like just like the whole year in retrospective maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't know how we're going to roll. I just I just it just we'll came figure on, it out. Yeah, figure it out. But yeah. The could, start of yeah. the winter is the start of the year, will. Yep. So, in winter 2022, we had a total of 40 series that fell under the uh, TV news section of my name list. I should also caveat as well. I'm only including series that actually have a score. If it says NA, those data points were not entered into the sheet. Yeah, because they're because they're, they're not applicable. It bro. would just fuck up the the algorithm, right? Also, it's not applicable. Yeah, people, it, yeah. listeners. So I will not apply. Is it a zero? Is it a zero? Listeners? No, it doesn't even have a zero. No, it's not a zero. It's it's just it doesn't apply. Anyways, yeah. so in terms of the average performance of the shows across you know, the forty of them, um, it doesn't look too great. The average mal score across all forty shows of winter twenty twenty two was a six point eight four, so it's not even a seven. Uh, the highest mal score was an 8.82, which was Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc, and the lowest was uh, a 3.85. You can probably oh, guess which fuck. one that is. Is it the legendary, the arm that used to be? It's Rusted Armors. No way. Rusted I, Armors. Wait, was, wait. X Arm was 2021. The, yeah, the year before. So, same time last year. Rusted armor was like, bro, hold my beer, X arm. It's still like I think one full point. We're one and a half points higher than than, than X arm. But uh, no, it wasn't X arm for Winter Twenty Two. It was, was rusted bad. armors. I was so, so scarred by yeah. X arm. Now you can see why the scores, uh, at least from an average perspective, were not great uh, in terms of the the uh, the percentage. There were thirty two and a half percent of series that were between 6 and 6.99. That was the biggest sample point across all the different scores. There was nothing that was uh, below uh, 3, but there was one, which is Rusted the, outli- the outlier, right? Yeah. So for people who are don't really have a good grasp of what a 6 to a 6.99 means, for argument's sake, would it be fair, Will, to say that anything from 6 to 6.99 could be a decent show, but at the most, it will be a decent show. At the very least, 
or at the very most, in a way, it's passable. Yeah. Like, if you watch it, like, fine. There's better shows, way, way, way better shows. But, but yeah, if you've watched everything, then... Then sure. Watch, yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, anything below that at that point, like, I personally would not put on my mouth. Unless if it's ironic. Yeah, right. So, uh, only six series in uh, in winter 2022 scored an eight and up. Nothing, though, was above a nine. Uh, there were 12 series that were 7 to 7.99. So that is roughly, like that's actually exactly 30% of right. winter. And uh, 7 to 7.99 is generally... Good the, to almost great. Yeah. Anything within the range of 8 is kind of like outstanding. And anything above the 9 is in GOAT territory, greatest of all time territory. Or at least within that ballpark is essentially the way to think about it. Yep. So the six series that were in the 8 to 8.99 section are, of course, Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District arc, uh, the uh, second part of Attack on Titan Final Season, the third season of Teasing Master Takagi-san, and of course your beloved uh, My Dress Up Darling. Uh, Sasaki to Miyano was also very highly respected, uh, 8, uh, 8.24, and the case study of Vanitas, part 2, uh, rounds out the eight to eight point zero eight point nine nine section. Then there were a lot of the, a lot of uh, wait, 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 sevens. Eight point two one, right? Uh, eight point two one is the score for. Oh yeah, so eight point eight point nine. I got it, got it. That's yep. the range, right? There were there were there were three series that could have gotten into the eights, but they were still a little bit far off. Surprisingly, after that, the highest seven that we have at seven point eight four is Princess Connect Redive Season Two. So, in terms of a studio perspective. Uh, the most productive studios were Leiden Films and uh, Cloverworks. So when you say productive, what do you mean by that word? Within that specific season, it is how many series a studio produced. So, for example, then Cloverworks produced three productions, which were um, a KB uh, Sailor Uniform. I think um, Dress Up Darling was also Cloverworks. Yes, correct. Uh, and then the third one was uh, Tokyo Ward, the Tokyo 24th Ward. Right. Yep. And usually, usually, you only make one per season. You don't make two because that makes... Unless if you're like a huge-ass studio like MAPPA, Toho Animation, so on and so forth, where you have the capacity to output essentially three episodes per week for three months, it's an extremely, extremely tall ask for any studio really yeah and then that doesn't that also includes partially you know covid is a concern especially 2022 was no different although in a way it was lesser also i think the fact that a lot of the it's just really tough the anime and manga industry is really cutthroat so to have two is already pushing it because maybe you have it multiple productions within one year but three is but three in one season Ooh, actually there were three studios that produced uh three uh, what for 2022 yeah so Leiden films was one of them jc staff was another and the best of the bunch was cloverworks because right. cloverworks despite having you know tokyo 24 sport in there they were actually able to accrue an average mouse score of 7.45 across the three properties which but, is 
insane. But they all got released in the same season, right? Yes. So they had you, we had Cloverworks Overload essentially. Essentially, now that doesn't mean, of course, that like it's the same for JC Staff and Leiden films. Unfortunately, those two uh, only averaged around a six point six eight for Leiden films and a six point six six for JC Staff, which is below the average mouse score of the overall winter 2022 season. So what you're saying is they they're both mid. They underperformed. They're under mid. Yeah, they're they're below mid for sure. Whereas right. uh, Cloverworks like exceeded it like fantastically. Now, that doesn't mean it was the best studio. That uh, it didn't create the best work. I think the highest one they had was Dress Up Darling, which came up at uh 8.28. And I mean that has the the waifu. So, yep. So, everyone's favorite waifu. I also think how many of them were sequels? The uh, eight, eight pluses. I think it was four out of two, out of six. You said, yeah. But at the same time, in terms of what Cloverworks was doing, all of them were brand new. Right. Yeah. Either originals or like just like first adaptations. So they weren't doing any sequels. Yeah. Except the original was Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward. I'm just saying. Will. Yeah. It sucks. The top two performers. I would top, say top three as well because uh, Takagi-san was an eight point four five. But you know. No doubt that the best performing ones were Attack on Titan, Final Season Part 2, and then number one is Demon Slayer, the Entertainment Arc, uh, District Arc. So, what do we infer from here? Well, if you want to get a good score, maybe don't do too much work unless you're Cloverworks. Um, and it also makes sense that UFO Table and MAPPA would be topping the list because of the, the, the gargantuan projects they're working on. We were talking about Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer. No doubt that they were going to be doing very, very well. So I, I thought yeah. that one of the interesting things about winter 2022 was a surprising amount of shows that were unexpected. Whether it was unexpectedly good, unexpectedly bad, or very good performance in, initially, then fucked up royally towards the end yeah outside of the usual suspects it was actually kind of hard to figure out which series were going to breach an eight and up yeah and, and so it really we, was but yeah. in terms of the sevens that we watched i would say we we very much enjoyed it but an average of 6.84 yeah that was kind of what we were expecting i think haike monogatari was a bit of a it was ambitious it was ambitious and i still think it's decent for sure i didn't finish it but it was trying to tell this intricate story of like like feudal Japan, royal family drama. Which is very niche. Which is like so niche and hard. Uh, it does have a beautiful story about like tragedy and yep. the girl with different colored eyes, I think. Yeah. So there's I think, that. I think, I think one of her eyes is it, it can either see the past or it can see like tragedy in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, a Sharingan. Yeah, it was a Sharingan. <laughs> yeah, bro. Trust me. We're going to drop the bombs on this one. Akebi Sailor Uniform really ups the ante of yeah. this ain't an etchy show, but it sure looks etchy as fuck. Yeah. Also that, very gorgeous. That, that, that's where we sort of continued the observation of how the Sevens were actually pretty good. I mean, we're talking about You how, really like Realist Rebuilt the Kingdom. Yeah, and then there's also the genius uh, that yeah. uh, saved the nation out of I, debt. You finish it? No, but it's a 7.4, and it's got like 230,000 members on Mal, so did well. Yeah. Slow Loop, I like Slow Loop a lot. I like Slow Loop quite a bit. It's a very comfy, like just average, but good time. You, started, you started getting into Police in a Pod. 
Yeah, I kind of did. And then I kind of just dropped off. Not because it was necessarily super bad as much as it was just... I just went off watching other things. Maybe, maybe... I would revisit it, but I did technically drop it. But that, that's m- kind of how I felt with uh, Zabakui Bisco. That yeah. it started off great, and then it kind of just went. Because it was like know. Fallout. If I were to tell you hippos with turrets, yeah, you would be like, "Fucking sign me up!" I would be like, "Fucking sign me up!" Oh, you shoot arrows and fucking mushrooms pop out of the fucking ground. Crabs, you like crabs? You like crabs? No, not that one, and not that one, but like giant ones. Yeah, they. Um, I I really think they fall short, especially when the concept and the premise was so wild, and uh, the promotion footage was just like, dude, this can be hella hella sick. Yep. So in terms of looking at the studios that were in uh, that were that had produced something in winter twenty twenty two, no doubt, of course, you know, topping the charts were Ufo Table, Mappa, Shin A Animation, which did. Uh, Season Master Takagi-san season three, also in the top three. Then you have Studio Dean at fourth. I also feel like I should take uh, a moment to sort of really go over, in my opinion, some of the mangas that I thought were going to be okay. At least like mid-sevens ends up not panning out. So Love of Kill, Kuroshi Ai, like... It was this assassin, not really assassin love story. I thought would be okay. Ended up not being great whatsoever. But the one that takes the cake is Requiem of a Rose King. With just an abysmal score of 6.31 with JC Staff. Because especially when I decided to read the manga for the first volume. It was painful because... The manga is like an eight point something. And to have it be such a far, far cry from how terrible the anime was. No, sorry. It should be the inverse, right? Basically, the disparity is so massive. Yeah. I think Ryman's Club is kind of in that category too. The first episode, Will and I, I, I hyped Will up throughout that day when I watched the premiere. I was like screen capping like, bro, this sub... The, the, what these guys are saying is fucking crazy. It yeah. looks quite legit. Very and th- deep as well, yeah. Very deep. And then it turns out, well, bro, it ain't that deep. Yeah. So Latin Films, uh, that was their, their MVP, unfortunately. Ryman's Club sitting <laughs> at a 7.38 because the other two properties they did, which was Sayuki Reload Zero In, uh, was a 6.6. And that wasn't even the worst one. The worst one was Tribe 9 at 6.07. So that's why, like, if you combine all three together, they perform below average. So... I think the worst, actually, though, was uh, OLM. OLM had one of the worst performances uh, amongst all the other studios in uh, winter 2022. Didn't OLM make Comey as well as Summertime Render that uh, 2021? No. Summertime Render was actually going to be coming up soon. It's it's in the it's in the, the so data, when was though. Comey Comey season two happened in either summer or winter uh, summer or spring but there there is oh. a, there is a Comey uh, a data point oh, I here see, as well I see I see I see so 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 the, I, so the highest performing OLM was actually not from the main studio but its subsidiary which is Team Yoshioka and that was Fantasy Bishojo at a seven point one seven I mean Fantasy Bishojo was fine fine that's it yeah so I think. Basically, you know, top of the charts, Ufo Table, Mappa, Shine, Studio Dean, 
and bones uh and it's also clever works despite having a 7.45 actually did a very commendable job with a KB sailor uniform and dress up darling so we now move into spring 2022 where the outlook is much better 49 total shows that have a score on my enemy list tv new with an average of 7.1 that is a lot higher than the previous season the highest scoring was a 9.08 by a1 pictures for Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic. And the lowest was a 5.67, which was Chikawa. I don't know shit about that, but it's you know it's got a score. It's listed under TV New, and it's not a children's show. So it goes into the data. So in terms of this season, there were no series that scored below a 5. And there was one, which was a 9, that being Kaguya-sama. There were seven series that was an 8 to an 8.99. And... Unlike the previous season, there Wait, were can more... You, can you repeat that again? The last thing, nothing was scored below... A five. Isn't... Which shows? TV New. For spring? For spring. I mean, you just said that Chikawa was a five. 5.67. That's it... not below five. Fuck, Jason. God damn it, Jason. Sorry, sorry. Continue, Will. Yeah. I, I, I shut the fuck up now. Anyways, so in terms of the uh, the spread of average scores, there were actually more series that scored between a 7 to 7.99 than a 6 to 6.99. So 19 shows, or almost 39%, fell into the 7 to 7.99 range, and 35% was 6 to 6.99. So that's generally where you want to be, the 7 to 7.99 range, because... Overall, there's going to be some winners and losers, so you just want to be above average, essentially. Yeah. Oh. So this season already faring a lot better than the previous season. So if you were watching anime in spring 2022, you probably watched a lot of good stuff, and rightfully so. In terms of the releases of that season, you had Kaguya-sama, uh, you had the fourth season of Kingdom, Spike's Family debuted its first part, boom, in uh, Summertime Render also made its uh, appearance. Aowashi was there. The best discovery of that season, your, ba- your boy Kong Ming was there. And then the second season of Komikan Communicate. Rounding out the top series of that year, of that, of that season, at 8.08 was uh, season three of uh, Ascendance of a Bookworm. Which I thought was... It's expected. Everything else is like an 8.0 something. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think... <sighs> I think Ascendance of a Bookworm I thought was fine. I just didn't like it. I dropped it. I was a little disappointed, to be honest. It got kind of stale. The direction that it was heading towards just wasn't what I wanted out of a Bookworm Isekai story, essentially. Yeah, whenever it's like more of the same, unfortunately, I didn't want the same. I wanted something a little bit different, but maybe that's just me expecting too much out of bookworm i think though the ones that did not make the eights but like basically the ones that are on the cusp the first two with eight point seven point eight nine dance dance dancer you were very impressed I, by i really really like that I, I, I swear i need to get on that and you need to get on welcome to the ballroom we'll get there eventually yes though. that's that's another one that i need to watch and as well. uh the demon girl next door season two i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was a very worthy sequel and one that was just a great time all there, round there was a point in that season when data live season four was like hovering above an eight yeah, right but it was like 
really i think it was because it was like i actually don't know why we don't know why so first of all data live is like movies plus multiple seasons right but if i remember well all the previous seasons were not that highly rated then all of a sudden this one jumped freaking like one whole point or like 0.5 to 0.9 points uh, yeah. of a point. And I was just like, what is going on, guys? Like, obviously, I'm not going to watch three seasons just to find that out. But something is there that for people to be so convinced. And the number of members is 213,000. So to alter that score in a dramatic way per person is really difficult to do because you're, 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 the pool of people voting is literally so much more. Yeah. So... I don't know. This is also when Tomodachi game came out, mm-hmm. right? And it's sitting at a healthy 7.71. And the I just thought it would be better because we heard so much hype from the that, well, that like the manga well, would be great. Looking at the score, it, it did get better. I think I don't think it was that high when we started watching it in the first place, but it's at a respectable 7.71 now. Now, in terms of the top performers, no doubt, of course, it was A1 Pictures and Studio Piero making its debut on this list uh, because of the fact that Kingdom Season 4 is incredibly popular. Um, I won't say Studio Signpost is also in that because they were working in co-production with Piero, but the next one... We knew that Kingdom would always do good. It's always highly rated, and I think of all the shows in the 8.0 shows has the lowest amount of members with the highest amount of score, essentially, right? You know what I'm trying to say? Yep. And I felt that apparently I have a friend who really likes Kingdom because it's like the Three Kingdoms story, but the str- the strategy and all that stuff, the history buffs would really love this, apparently. So, yep. you know. So, of course, it's, you know, Production IG, PA Works, Piero, A1. They did really, really well, but... The one thing I do want to mention, there are two things that I wanted to, you know, keep uh, uh, focus on here, which is Cloverworks had two productions this season, right? Both of which did quite well because they managed to make an average of seven point nine three, still well above the average overall for with, that season. With the caveat being Spike's family is technically a co-production, so we yeah. don't know how much proportion-wise is split between the two studios, but still, nonetheless, co-credit. It's still they produced it. Yeah. So unfortunately, that average got brought down because of Kunoichi Sabaki, which is which is a seven point one seven. About that, I was quite bummed out. I knew you at had, least you had higher expectations. Yeah, right? yeah. So I knew that in terms of the three properties done by that mangaka, which are when will Ayumu make his move, Tsubaki, and obviously the most well known is Takagi-san. This one was already the least highly rated. So I knew going in. It, to have my expectations not too high, but it just apparently still was too high. So I I didn't like it at all. So that's that's just what it is. I think there's another Mob Otome Isekai or something. I'm trapped at a dating sim. Yeah. I heard lots of good things about it and I think it's I think it did okay, but I never really cared too much about it and I don't think there were a lot of buzz behind it. But I do think though it got a second season. Yeah. Because just because you're lowly rated does not, at least on my anime list, does not mean you don't get a second season. Yeah. 
Now, the other observation I wanted to bring up was, you know, I was talking about how OLM and uh, JC staff didn't do very well in the previous season, which was uh, winter 2022. They uh, have reversed and actually done quite well in uh, in spring 2022. So uh, OLM had three productions, one of which uh, was a co-production with Nippon Animation and JC staff had two. Um, but both of them were able to get a respectable score. JC staff had an average of 7.34, and OLM had an average of 7.71, which is a lot better than what it was before. Leiden Films, on the other hand, was eh, it was still okay, uh, but it was still performing below average compared to the other ones. Um, so overall, uh, the, the other th- interesting thing was that uh, Wit Studio is a lot lower um Despite having Spike's family, though, of course, because it was a co-production with Cloverworks, hard to really say how much contribution there was on both sides. Um, the main thing that really fucked it up, though, was Onipan, uh, which I don't know shit about. But Yeah, I don't know shit about that show either. 6.53. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. So God it really damn. brought down the average for wit. I um, thought yeah. another two shows that were very big disappointments one was in my opinion a legit disappointment the other one was not really so i'll start with the one that was going to be on everyone's mind shield hero season two yep so dr movie and kinema citrus um both feature on the list but as a co-production uh 6.56 not a very good look for you no especially when there was so much expectations and it seems like a lot of commitment and hype because at the time of recording they have committed still to season three that they have done so after the end of season one so at the very very least they have one cur to i guess redeem themselves in some way but i do think a lot of the good faith has been lost i think the other one that stands out to me unfortunately, is one of the mangas that I love a lot is Shikimori isn't just a cutie. Yeah, Dogokobo did not do very well this season. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the dress-up darling post-syndrome. Like, I'm not trying to throw shade at dress-up darling. I love dress-up darling. And to be fair, if I had to choose between one or the other, I like Kudurei, so technically I would choose the wrong choice. But the point that I'm trying to make is I really like the manga a lot. I stand by that still, and I still read it now, too. The issue actually is more of, I guess... The fact that it came up a season right after. Yeah, because everyone... I'm Even you would know, I would say to you, oh, Shikimori isn't just cutie? Yeah, it's just like Dress Up Darling, but slightly different. So you should have that... No, So basically have that expectation, and it turns out, even though Dogokobo did a very good job in terms of looking the part i mean dogokobo had three uh productions this season one of which was also shikimori right um but unfortunately they just couldn't like do anything that well like rpg real estate was a 6.73 well below average did you end up finishing you um, dropped it hell no i didn't finish it at all i watched like a couple episodes and i think you did too right it didn't help as well that they made the worst performing series that season which was chikawa um so yeah they ended up with an average uh well it was i think it was a 6.4 6.44 so that's where we're at with uh the the spring so better performances all around compared to winter but you know there's still some studios that uh you know, we really expected more but unfortunately just could not perform so will 
this season, spring 2022, contains an anime that I think you and I need to get to the bottom of why, despite the score that it has, yes. has so much support, let's just say, behind it. And uh, in, behind a studio that, you know, actually performed quite well, with an average of 7.49. Uh, Birdie Wing, surprisingly, was one of the hottest mentioned series of that season. I don't understand. And they have a second season incoming. Everyone is like, bro, you're sleeping on this. This is like the true underdog uh, anime. Like, everyone is sleeping on it. And I guess I could see strokes of mad genius in, like, the couple episodes that I saw. Yeah. But to this day, it may be when season two comes out, which is actually now. Is it? Shit. It's also an anime original, by the way. Uh, Bandai Namco Pictures. Obviously, Bandai Namco is a very Very large company. They have money. Whether or not they put it in their animes... I have I have no comment there because I I literally don't know, but I you can you can attest right will that a lot of people seem to say you should pay attention. Oh okay, spring twenty twenty three for season two, right? So I don't I don't understand. Yeah, like, is is there something that like we're missing? Do, what do you think? Who knows? I mean, we literally have to watch it in order to really figure out what's going on. Um, ready to move on to uh, summer twenty twenty two. Unless you have any other like last minute ob- uh, observations of the season, I would say, and this is like not looking right. Usually, fall would have the most hype, and obviously, we know fall has the most hype. But I would argue that summer, surprisingly, usually I would consider it a lull, and usually it's because I and my best guess is uh, teenagers are on summer holiday. So then, therefore, in theory, they won't be sitting around like watching anime. They'll be outside doing stuff, or just they're just chilling and not watching anime. Essentially, is the summer is usually how it goes. Fall and winter usually is like award season for Western and live action properties as well. So it's the same thing for anime and manga. But will was summer hot or not? You were actually like. Right on, right on the dot with this one. Uh, it has now reverted back to a below seven mouse score average. Um, so forty five series came out in summer twenty twenty two, but overall the average was a six point nine one. Now it did feature one of the best series of the season of the year, which was uh, Made in the Abyss, uh, the second season, or if you get the full name, it is Made in the Abyss, the Golden City of the Scorching Sun, sitting at an eight point six eight. That was the highest rated <laughs> series of that season. <laughs> the Golden City of the Scorching Sun in summer. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, I could Are not have released it at a better time. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to edit that sequence out. Oh my god, I choked. <laughs> It's fine. No, we're keeping that in. I'll, I'll, I'll fix the, the sound oh, wave. Fucking what? So it had a really, really good series that season, even though neither of us don't really care about uh Yeah, neither of us really yeah. care about it. Uh, the GAP's formal statement on Again. Made in Abyss is Again. no comment. Yep. Okay. So No comment. 8.86, the highest one. The lowest one was uh, Musashino, uh, which also came out in that season, sitting <laughs> at a 4.72. There's no surprise to me, Will, that the lowest ranked is something that we've never heard of. But I feel like maybe in the future, we should probably go... I'm not factor into the score. I think that counts, right? But maybe 
the lowest score would be the one that we know. <laughs> we, we, we should at least watch it. I have no it. idea what Chikawa or Onipan. I, no, I know. I've maybe, heard of maybe it. Maybe it's a new series. We watch the worst an- rated anime per season so you don't have to. Bro, I'm not going to do <laughs> no, that no, no, for no. you guys. Like, no way, bro. So you were mentioning that there's going to be a lull, and that was absolutely correct. Because while there were six series that ranked between 8 to 8.99, there was a massive 47% of series that ranked in the 6 to 6.99. That's 21 series. No, I heard what you said. Say that again. 47%? Yep. Drop. And uh, in, 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 yeah, in, in that specific segment. So from 7 to 7.99 was 29%. Only 13 series. So there were actually a lot more worse performing series. Despite having a higher average than winter, there was a lot of really, really mid shows. So 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 basically tons of people got A's, tons of people got F's, but no one really got B's or C's, but if because we they do, average out. If you we were to do an average out, and let's say eight is like a, a flat B. Yeah. Yeah. There Roughly, only, yeah. Only three that. studios got a B. That was Lurching, Madhouse, and Cloverworks. Everything else was a below an eight. The year is twenty twenty two. Madhouse, yep. is actually doing all right. Yeah. So you got what the, is happening on this planet, bro? Classroom of the Elite second season, Overlord fourth season, uh, and uh, Shadows House second season did very well um, for those. And so this, about yeah. about Shadows House, it's weird, bro. It's a flat. Eight, eight point zero zero, and I have to admit, like the direction that they're heading towards, like the mystery gets unraveled more. But it's getting in. It's like imagine if Tim Burton was more Tim Burton and more fucked up, but we're just leaving it without commentary. Mm. That is Shadows House season two. I really like it. Uh, I have yet to finish because. This as at this point onwards, that my on hold list started decreasing to now increasing in quantity, and it's really unfortunate. But I'll get around to it, and I will report in on how I feel. But initially, right now, that's how I feel about uh, Shadows House season two. Yeah. So summer twenty twenty two, uh, just didn't do very well either. I mean, you are also missing a lot of like usual suspects, right? There's no Mappa. Mm-hmm. Right, there's no UFO table. Uh, there was Madhouse, um, though it's you know not as good as it used to be. Cloverworks is still holding the fort, though this time around they only have one production as opposed to more than two, two or more. A1 Pictures, quite strong because they did have Lacora's Recoil. Unfortunately, Engaged Kiss did not perform very well. To be fair, I thought they both in the beginning will, and I think you watched a couple episodes too, had. A, like kind of like same Z kind of like oh wow at the same time both A1 pictures both are anime originals they're really you know hitting the, hitting out of the park only for the disparity to keep increasing 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 until now the situation has occurred the way it is hot take it might not be a hot take I actually thought the engaged kiss first episode was better than Lacour's recoil but everything else afterwards I prefer Lacour's recoil I think I agree, but I also understand that the allure of Lycoris, Licorice Recoil, the first episode is like the motif of high school girls doing not cute things 
kinda. Yeah. Is a very appealing theme, and I do get that. So I'm not surprised if someone were to say, oh, no, first episode was legit, way more legit than Engaged Kiss. I just thought Engaged Kiss was fun, the first episode. Yeah, it was really fun. Like, the choreography, obviously it looked great, for sure. And uh, it was just funny. Well, there were also a lot of bad shows that were accompanying uh, Engaged Kiss in the 6 six to 6.99 uh, section, which includes uh, Rent a Girlfriend's second season, Vermeil and Gold, Mama Haha, or um, My Ex is Now My Stepsister. Uh, there was also, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Devil's mm-hmm. a Part Timer season two. Mm-hmm. And I'm still uh, waiting for the one that, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going, bro. You'll get there eventually. Come on. Harem Labyrinth. No, that's not where I'm going, bro. Just keep, keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah. This is where, probably for me, the biggest disappointment. Of this season, which is spring twenty summer twenty twenty two, almost like as if it was the winner of a certain GAP finale award at the end of that year, right? Science Saru, why'd you gotta do Yuri Deco sitting at a six point zero seven? The only thing that I can say that's great about it is that it was higher than Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. But uh, Miss yeah. Miss Choi, Miss Miss Onyoung Choi, yo, listen. And it's it's actually kind of sad because we only just did like an episode not too long ago talking about how Inuo uh, got nominations for like, was it Glo- Glo- Golden Globe, so Yuasa uh, is doing yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. is doing well, but like a Yuasa list, Sansaru does not seem to be doing too hot right now. Yes, Haiki Monogatari was a six seven point seven six. It was directed by Yoko Yamada, right? Yes, she went from Kyoto Animation. And so you had a good director in, in, in play there. But yeah. um, Yuri Deco, nah, probably, possibly my disappointment of this. And they've already talked about, about it, it enough in the awards uh, for season four. I think it's a massive disappointment, but I am not that attached to Science Saru. I, I legit think Science Saru and Yuasa and Ong Young Choi are fantastic, solid, uh, you know, uh, anime staff and also a studio. But you can't all be W's, I guess. And this one was a massive not W L. Was such a huge L. Yeah. So I, I, so I summer know. summer twenty twenty two was a season to forget. Uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer is also fucked too, because yeah. like the disparity between the source score is like Requiem of a Rose King. Several level letter grades, yeah, is insane. Um, I think you and I are both disappointed with uh, part timer season two. It wasn't fantastic, but just not like this, man. No. We, we weren't expecting it to be fantastic, but, bro, not like this. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever, at this point, be a third season? Like, they learned their lesson, right? Like, <sighs> Look, if there's enough people who care about it, then possible. I don't know if it will be any better. Like, it's it still managed to get over 400,000 members to join on its Miami list listing. I thought... Parallel World Pharmacy. I finished it, actually. Gave it a solid 8 out of 10. I thought it's a very respectable isekai that is actually just a very well-done show. And I guess the isekai thing obviously makes sense within the show and everything. But to have the, the, the connotation of an isekai gives people different expectations and vibes. But I think this one is a very decent isekai show 
that really goes into the science of things, literally. So I, I was quite happy with that. Yeah, Dial Media, the studio behind it, was one of the better performing studios of that season. I think Ojisan Isekai is very unfortunate, took the biggest hit, not due to qualities per se, but just due to circumstance of COVID. Yep. I think that was the biggest victim of summer 20... Is it summer, right? 2022. Uh, yep. so, 2022. So Atelier Pondark, yep, a relatively unknown studio, was actually doing very, very well, unfortunately, because of COVID and mismanagement. Uh, that, that dragged down the score. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't their fault at all. As it stands, I don't think all episodes are available on Netflix for everyone to consume. I think it is done broadcasting inside Japan, but... Yeah. I think the lag is not due to the studio because obviously they made they released it. It's external issues. It's like it's most likely licensing. So it really sucks because the momentum really got killed. Yep. It's just sad, bro. So if you invested your time in summer twenty two, unfortunately the payoff was not there. It was a, not a great time at all. But we then move into fall. 2022, the last season of the year. Because, Will, when you fall, what did Batman teach us? Is to learn how to get back up again. And I think that... And also go through, like, 20 different actors to be able to make a good movie. (laughs) Anyways. So, yes, Robert Pattinson is... You actually watched it, right? Oh, you didn't? Uh, uh. No, I heard it was really good, though. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, But we're not talking about Batman or live action. We are talking about anime. So you said before, right, that, you know, winter and summers tend to be lulls and then spring and fall when you have a lot of the no, award-winning no. stuff. It's is... the other way around. Uh, Spring and summer. Oh, fuck. No, you said, no, you said, is it winter? Because winter was, winter was shit for this year as well, for last year, as well as summer. But fall was a 7 point, uh, but spring was a 7.1 average. So it kind of goes up and down, up and down. Okay. So how well do you think fall did? Great. And you're right. With 48 shows that premiered in in fall of 2022, the average across all the series was a 7.22, the highest of 2022. The highest scoring anime was, of course, the greatest anime of all time, uh, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. Sitting at a 9.14, though, according to when I was uh, getting the data in, it was 9.15, but negligible. The worst performing one is Arugasa Dummy Head Mike Ni Nateta Orekun no Jinsei, or My Life After I Became a Dummy Head Mike One Morning. It's, uh, it's really weird. Anyways, uh, this was a fantastic season on a performance level. 10 series rating between an 8 to 8.99 and 1 which is a 9 plus so 11 series that were higher than 8 17 or 35 percent of series that were 7 to 7.99 and only 14 or 29 percent that ranked 6 to 6.99 it was a very good season fall was fucking lit now Per usual, sequels consume most of the eight pluses shows. We all knew that. Uh, I think of all of the eight pluses or close to the eight pluses, there were basically three shows that stand out to me and one show that stand out in the negative sense. So let's start with the positive ones. I'm going to shill for Bochi the Rock again. 
it really came out of nowhere and really was my it was it is my favorite season four anime of the GAP finale awards. So it's fantastic and it and obviously the reviews and the ratings show it as such. As a as a, a studio, Cloverworks uh, was only beaten by Mappa, but Cloverworks did have two productions, one of which was you know Spike's Family Part Two in collaboration with Studio. Uh, but on average, uh, the studio did an 8.7 compared to Mappa, which did one production, which was Chainsaw Man, um, but got an 8.71. So I would have objectively said that Cloverworks had the better season, right? Bones came in uh, next with uh, their... Oh. Whoa, whoa, Will. Oh, shit. What are you doing? Damn. Cloverworks is, as of February 2022, 130 people on Wikipedia. Mm. That's what they reported. Mm -hmm. Unsurprisingly, obviously, MAPPA is bigger, right? Uh, As of April 2022, according to Wikipedia, the number of employees is 310. So, obviously, MAPPA has to put in a lot of resources for JJK, AOT, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. So, like... I get it. And also they have uh they're essentially the modern version of Madhouse and obviously there is connections there like literally there is like lineage there. But for Cloverworks to output almost as much overall already and for it to also have I would say that amount of success. At least I mean Bochy the Rock is super successful. Yeah. 8.99. Yeah, and I I I I basically remember a long while back when Hori Mia first came out and I was like, hey, this is an up and and even you admitted too, like, yeah, we think this is an up and coming studio. And now not only do they put out great work or good work, they put out a lot for like a third of the size of map. It's insane. Yeah. We're going to get into that uh, in the next slide. Uh, But to round off uh, the fall 2022 analysis, um, Top three, MAPPA, Cloverworks, and Bones. Now, Bones, both of them were, uh, both the productions were sequels, season six of My Hero Academia, season three of Mob Psycho 100. But this was like a big turn of events for Bones because season five of My Hero Academia did not do very well. Uh, I thought season four was kind of eh as well. But season I thought the second half of season four was bad. Oh, yeah. No, with the gentle criminal, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot its name. It's but it's, but, but, but it's, it's one of those. It's not memorable. It's not memorable. Season five, a lot of people just were not happy about, and to see season six do a reverse Uno card in many ways was at least comforting to know, especially when you know that the My Hero Academia uh like manga is kind of like concluded all well and good or at least thought out and stuff right is it done yet do you know finished i don't know but it's there are already murmurs of it being close to completion and according to one of our mutual friends who has kept up with the manga it was like yeah they we kind of know where the end game is at the very least so there's that i thought to to two standout shows that came out of fucking nowhere was idealish seven third beat exclamation point to be fair the, the previous season also did pretty well too the previous part of season three or whatever it was so third, so beat, third yeah. beat did uh third beat beat that drum huh yeah i think the eminence... third beat beat the drum a second time so, so how would you calculate that 
you wouldn't because it would be it just wouldn't make sense it just wouldn't make sense i thought the eminence and shadow was do you think 7.89 is respectable yeah very i mean obviously it's a very respectable score and i think given the how it looks and everything it is as good as it can get and i felt that it's really good i keep up with it every week because it does bleed into winter now because it's doing winter of this of, of 2023 well, it was like two and there's like one and three-fourths of a cur. it's mm. like tw- 20 episodes the one that actually i felt is the most disappointing around that area is gundam Ooh. the witch from mercury so at 7.86 yeah because there was a lot of hype behind it gundam obviously sunrise obviously tons of money the prologue that I watched a while back was legitimately like quite like hype. Well, I think I know where all that money went. It went into idol groups because uh, they produced two different iterations of Love Live, uh, and both of them were their best uh, best reading uh, shows. So um, that's probably where all the money went for uh, for Sunrise. Yeah, and shout out to uh, another one. Uh, more than a married couple, but not lovers. From Studio Mother, sitting at 7.62. Because for the longest time, it was like a 6-point-something. Will was going to lose a seasonal bet by an even wider margin. But it really pulled through and like ended on a very respectable score. And I'm quite curious, not curious enough to watch it per se, but curious to be like, there must be something there for everyone to basically give it of a certain score. Yeah. So Studio Mother might be something to keep an eye on. Um, they've kind of broken out of their Arifoleta shell. That was the last thing they did before. They were a very young studio, 2019. So yeah. Less than uh, less than four years. I did not finish Arc Knights Prelude to Dawn as of this recording, but the, I've yeah. finished half of it. The one that I I need to watch though is Raven of the Inner Palace. Yeah, I want to talk about that too. So when we saw the trailer for our fall forecast, the episode 30. Ooh, is there something you've finally forgotten? 39. Somewhere around there. Okay. Episode 39, is it? Is it? Well, either way, we... Bro, yeah, 39, bro. Yeah. No, 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 it's summer. I, I, I fucked up. Okay. Okay. Anyways, um, we thought it looked gorgeous. It, it the... The animation looked fantastic. We thought that a period piece of literally, essentially, the Forbidden Palace kind of thing was kind of cool. So, and it ended on seven point five one. It it hovered around the six point eight nine eight and jumped. So there you go. So overall, very 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 good season. The best performing season. Um, I think this might be a good time to go and do a quick little break because after the break, we're going to go into an overall breakdown of the full year of 2022, along with a genre breakdown and also potentially even listing our MVPs and the, the, the suckers of, of 2022. So uh, we'll be right back. Guys, welcome back. It is the second half of episode 51 of the Good Anime Palette podcast. Will is over here kind of musing, thinking, 
pondering about the history that is the anime year 2022 seasonals. Meanwhile, I'm over here, Jason, trying to figure out just how many isekais were memorable. And it's going to take a little bit longer for me to figure it out. But in the meantime, Will, what's up? We went through all, technically, uh, each of the four seasons, right? Yep. We went through some of our highlights, lowlights, whatever you want to call it, of each season, like kind of offhand. And our two cents on each studio and specific series that we wanted to take note of. You broke down, break down all the stats, numbering, and production stuff for each season. But how about when we look at it, not from the perspective of the studios or per season, but we look at it kind of as a whole or maybe like genres or whatnot how is your take on that what so, you got so just to sort of like like recap over the whole year if you include all four seasons there are a total of 182 shows and the average was a very mid 7.02 so whilst you know while, while spring and fall did really really well uh unfortunately it was dragged down by both winter and uh summer uh the highest ranking was still uh, Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, and the lowest ranking was still Rusted Armors uh, back in winter 2022. So I think in the end, right, it's, it kind of averaged out in the end. You had some highs, some lows, and I kind of met in the middle. So in terms of overall productions, Leiden Films was the most productive in terms of producing series. They had 10 series over the course of 2022. Three in winter 2022, followed by two, then two, and then three. However, it was also one of the worst performing studios with an average score of 6.73. So that is the average mouse score as of recording divided by 10 shows that they produced that year, right? Call of the Night was their best performing series, but it could not save all the other garbage that they had released, unfortunately. Call of the Night was legit? It was, but it, it was. just could not carry the weight of uh, Latin films. Uh, the second most productive and also one of the only two studios to produce a series per season uh cloverworks eight productions uh being the busiest in winter and only one show in summer but then two in spring and two in fall their average though was a very very high 7.95 and if you exclude 24th ward it would have been around 8.3 so it would literally be number one. It wouldn't be number one, but it, but but like if you factor in how many productions it had, I would give it objectively the number one spot. As in, like it was not only productive, but it was also efficient in right. terms of making good stu- uh, good good series. So, in other words, it doesn't win by default. But if you add in context, if you add in just sort of like the minutiae of industry and kind of as you said, like maybe like a point by point kind of. Like a, it's like a velocity, like a rate, your win rate or whatever, like the percentage is high. Like you would, you would invest your, you know, I don't know, street cred or whatever. You, you would be like Cloverworks did banger this season, regardless. If you put your money uh, in Cloverworks, this year, sorry. If you put your money in Cloverworks, it was in very, very safe hands. In fact, you probably would have gotten a very good return out of it. There, there were, of, of course, a couple studios that uh, did 
better, but that's also because they only did a third of what uh, Cloverworks is doing. So in terms of the top three studios that produced, on average, like really, really high scores, uh, Mappa and Piero both came in over the year, having, having produced series that averaged 8.49. So, of course, they had, you know, Attack on Titan for Mappa and Bleach Thousand Year Blood War for Mappa. Uh, for Piero, Bones came in third, a very close third, um, thanks in part because most of the stuff they did actually was an eight and up. Actually, not all of them, actually. So, Vinitas was the lowest scoring Bones production, but that was still an 8.21. Mob Psycho 100 Part 3, uh, back in fall of 2022, 8.76. So, Bones also had a really, really good studio, a really good uh, production. Uh, as a studio. In fact, in terms of like the disparity between its best and worst shows, it has one of the closest. It's only 0.55 between the best and the worst series they produced over the course of 2022. A1 Pictures also had a really good year, uh, which you know was propped up by Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic back in spring 2022. Unfortunately, it did get its score dragged down by Engage Kiss with a pitiful 6.88. PA Works only had two productions, but both were, I would say, like cult favorites, if not like things people should absolutely watch with your boy Kong Ming at 8.21 and Akiba Made War at 7.71. Couldn't be any further in terms of genre, despite kind of having taking place in the same kind of nightlife city vibe. One is just balls to the wall, violent Quentin Tarantino binge session the other one is yo i'm a tactician but i can rap as well i i love your boy coming and you absolutely love okay we made war so i should really like get up to speed with it right <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. How, how far behind are you on it akiba yeah half so i again it, it it's not good. I usually I'm I'm up to date and try to keep up. Um, a lot of personal stuff got in the way. I am very committed to finishing a bunch off, of course. Uh, and of course, right this moment, the winter is happening. Winter is here. Uh, so fuck, Will. We've got a lot on our plate. But that's nothing you need to worry about, dear listeners, because we will definitely give you the full rundown of winter 2023 when that happens. But it ain't that time now, because... Right now, it's 2022's time to shine. So, yeah, we got to give props to it because, in the end, like, whilst it, it, it does appear that there were a lot of like mid series, there are also a lot of like studios that were, were doing real good work. Because, yeah, shocker people, there were highs and lows, winners and losers. There were some good shows and bad shows in, in any given anime year. I think, though, was it? 2021 where there was like maybe one or two anime seasons that were just abysmal in terms of quantity i think due to the covid there was like maybe a season that had like 33 or less yeah something like that so then therefore at least at the very least right the we, we saw health. yeah we saw a rebound in terms of the amount of productions yeah so at least people are at least producing shows hopefully all of them are making some sort of return on their 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 anime right so but it is at least positive to see that you don't get propped up just by moog and train and also because you got propped up because you're all getting back to work being able to do work and making 
normal, making it normal everyday life. You know what I mean? As yep. an animator or or uh, in the industry. So yeah, and just to give perspective in terms of like the highest like mal score average like studios, I didn't include studios like um like UFO Table in there because they only produced one thing, which is Demon Slayer. So it just wouldn't be fair to compare it to like. An A one that produced no three. man they bet it all on black and guess what they won they they did win but there's no point talking about them now because it's just like what would you expect right they made fucking Demon Slayer a really really good like second season they didn't so. just bet money on the table they bet the whole UFO the yeah. unidentified flying object just placed it on the on black and was like bull just roll the ball yeah let wheel let's go yep so there were four like in terms of like studios that produced more than like more than one, so basically two and up uh, productions. Uh, there were four studios that had uh, an average score of eight and up. So that was in order: Mappa and Piero, both sitting at eight point four nine, followed by Bones with eight point four two, and A One Pictures with eight point zero seven. Now, in terms of how well they did on a consistent level, um, Bones actually was the most consistent one considering that the lowest score for any of their series was an 8.21 with the case study of Anita's Part 2 and Mob Psycho 103 uh, Part 3 being really, really, really good. Um, but, of course, special mention to Mappa and Piero as well because, you know, they did they did work. But if we were to look at the number of productions that came in as well, it's, it's hard to look past Cloverworks. Cloverworks did work eight series over the course of a year and still producing an average score of 7.95. Like you could watch anything except for maybe Kunoichi Sabaki and definitely not watching um, Tokyo 24th board. You would have enjoyed watching Cloverworks. Uh, I'm sorry, which, which movie or which anime, which anime doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly where I'm going with this. Because 24th War doesn't exist, okay? So in terms of just looking at like pure numbers, yes, you would say that the MVPs were Mappa and Piero, though uh, Mappa did manage to make like on average better anime because despite having the same average score, the difference between the worst and the best series uh, was a lot smaller for Mappa than Piero. But, you know, Piero still had a pretty good, you know, lowest scoring series which is uh play a cool guys or uh cool doji danshi which came out uh in fall 2022 ranked 7.57 on its raw mouse score yeah it sounds okay sounds okay right yeah so now that you talk seems uh, like uh, more slice of life for dudes just literally playing it cool so in terms of the series the, the studios right i would say that the three that perform the best are of course mappa but you also have to include Piero and Cloverworks. I would throw Bones in there, but everything they did was a sequel. Whereas Cloverworks did literally everything from originals to sequels to uh, co-productions to just just all-out good work. So if it was for me to like give like an MVP award, it would be hard to argue against Cloverworks. I would I would say the same. It I. It, it's a sheer fire winner, sure fire winner, right? Like, and if you think about it, what are they doing next? It is probably the most non shonen battle hyped show, uh, a manga in existence right now. I, 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 all I gotta say is that if you put your money in Cloverworks, just keep your money there because 
goddamn, that is uh, an S-tier studio right there. I think PA Works, as you said, deserves special mention as well. Because, yeah, sure, two shows. But those two shows were very creative, were very out there. Yeah, one of them was uh, based on a manga. But the other one was wholly original, very entertaining and enjoyable. What about let me let me think on top of my head. So what about the etchy shows? How are they doing? Etchy shows. So here's the thing. When looking into the genre tags, uh etchy was not a genre. It was just essentially like a subfilter that like a ratings kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. So it's like kids, etchy, erotica, hentai. So that's where it was like, uh, yeah. So I didn't put that in there, but it's not hard to infer how bad they were doing because let's say, for example, project number nine, uh, they had consistently bad shows, right? The difference between the best and the worst shows were 6 point, uh, 0.69. Nice. Uh, but um, yeah, nice. yeah. Mama Haha or my my ex is now my stepsister, whatever it's called. Uh, 6.78. Just not good. Um, I didn't even include the other ones for like for example the ones that did um uh Harem Labyrinth. Uh I didn't include the, Worlds yeah. Worlds and Harm was also this It's year. also there too, Ugh. but uh it's not in there just because why should we even like highlight them? Like, in the end I wanted to talk more about studios that at least consistently produced stuff like every season or every other season. Right. I understand. The worst performing studio was Passione. This, I mean, yes, they only made two productions, but both of them were awful. Which were they? Uh, actually, yeah, there you go. Passione made uh, Harem Labyrinth, 6.59, the worst for them. And the best was Renai Flops, or Love Flops, at 6.71. So the difference. So it was yeah. in the name. Yeah. It, their performance, it, it their performance summary was in their name. So it was a difference of 0.12 between the best and the worst. So they were consistently bad, right? They started. They 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 released Hammer Labyrinth in summer, and then ended the year with Renai Flops, averaging a six point six five across the two properties. Just not not very good. Not terrible, but you just know. Unfortunately, there was a series that produced worse on average, uh, which was Shaft. Shaft did not have a very good year last year um they did ruby and luminous witches that weird air force one that takes place in world war ii yeah i do remember them the cheerleaders that are planes girls right yeah whatever that that was i don't even know like yes i am not having a stroke or a seizure that is actually the premise of luminous witch yep I, i i can't even Welcome to anime, guys. But um, another really bad performing C- uh, studio was uh, ACGT. Now, you might not know that name, but uh, you definitely know Orient. So uh, They got a second season. Which, uh, th- here's the thing. Their their worst performing series was Orient Part 1 at a 6.59. And their best performing was Orient Part 2 <laughs> with a 7.04. And it was just consistently bad to mid. Just, just not very, very good. Um, Sad. Yeah. That's really just. It was just not very good for them. Um, overall, it, it, if, if it was to just give like the worst performing studio, it would have to be Passione. Passione just did not do well at all, and I don't know what they need to do. 
maybe just go back to doing Higurashi. I think Miracle Chan is was was that was, was true. That was true. They did do that, but unfortunately, that was in 2021. So they had a better year then, but it's it, it's a downward slope for them right now. It's a it's a real bear market for them. Um, another studio to note, unfortunately, is Dogokobo with an average of 6.44. Uh, yeah, the best they got was Shikimori. Is just not a cutie. Yeah, it's not just a cutie. Sorry. Isn't just a cutie. Yeah. So um, they just no, unfortunately, not not very good. Uh, one studio I do want to to mention though is Maho Film, which uh, consistently kept things like very very mid. They had an average mouse score of seven point one one. Difference in terms of the best and worst is zero point five five. Zero point four five. Leodale was their worst performing at six point nine four, and the best was I am the villainous. So I'm taming the final boss, which came out just this past season. Yeah. Based on manga, three volumes, I read it. I thought it was all right. So just that, all right. that would be a studio where if you wanted just to put your money somewhere and just let it sit and, like, that's it, like, just lay flat, Maho Films is the place to go. I, I thought overall the things that stand out to me the most out of 2022 was just the amount of stupid bullshit that is not anime exclusive in the sense that it is like the harem labyrinth and then world's end harem yes they all have harem in it congratulations i'm not really going against the grain in saying that but it's just the censorship thing i thought personally was i get why you would do that but then when you delay it and then release it and it turns out to be like that like why can't you censor it like high school dxd at least have some fun with it and also, just it was no effort, kind of in like outputted whatsoever. Of course, as a, literally sitting in an armchair, it's very easy for me to criticize other people's hard work like that. But honestly, it, it's just to me bewildering a bit when you try to cater to both sides because you want to be broadcast on TV when it ended up not fulfilling either side. Yeah. So. If it was up to me in terms of giving like the top three and the worst three, I would say number one overall is Cloverworks. Cloverworks gets the S tier. Right below that would be Mappa. And then, you know, almost on the same pedestal, but just slightly underneath it would be Piero. Now, I know that you come from number perspective, but from like what I remember and my impressions, it would obviously be uh, Cloverworks as number one. No surprise there. I would say PA Works is number two. And then I would say OLM is number three based more on how I feel about Comey and how you feel about Summertime Render because I didn't finish it yet past like maybe the third episode I stopped uh, because I wanted to wait for it to binge it and then never gone back to it. But I do want to. So those three to me, me I may they may not produce the most, you know, in terms of the second and third place. Funny enough, actually OLM actually produced six productions. So they had very strong like showing with summertime render and Comey can't communicate, but they were also helped back by some really, really poor uh productions as well. Which so, ones? Uh well Ninjala was one of them. It's the know, fuck is that? Yeah, it's just don't worry about that one. But it was in the data. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I get it. I think it was um Fungi Bishojo, I think it was OLM Team Yoshioka. 
Okay. Yeah, that's another one that he did. Um, OLM also did. Uh, need to double check. But anyways, OLM was a good shout. Uh, the the average to seven point zero four, and uh, they were able to produce like some really really popular shows. It's just in the end, I think maybe they spread themselves a little too thin by having like uh, six productions over the course of the year. Um, so the final observation I do. Oh, actually, yeah. Uh, in terms of the worst, uh, it had to be Passione. Passione was the worst performing. Uh, Have Labyrinth was a like a fucking like shit show for them. Uh, I would then say that second place is Dogakobo, because man, they are just no closer to getting anything that's an eight. I think it's been like five, six years since they released anything that was even close to an eight. They have what was uh, my senpai is annoying? Was that Dogakobo? I thought they it was Dogakobo. Yeah, but even then, like I think looking at the previous. Shows like, I don't think they have anything that's above a seven point six or seven point seven. So, unfortunately, Dokobo has to take my second worst studio of twenty twenty two. Remember, this is twenty twenty two. I'm not taking into account anything they did before that. They just did not have a good year last year. Uh, and then third was Shaft. Shaft was just not a good. Like it's just it it not good over 2022 um two productions yes but neither of which had broken past the 6.7 if i remember correctly there was some staffing issues at shaft or something i i don't really remember on the top of my head but i recall like some kind of issue going on in their studio there was some news about it i suppose um but unfortunately doesn't excuse it but i'm just saying that i just remember that there was that thing that so i think overall though this seems to me that how do you feel about the whole 2022? Because for me, I felt that the fact that it is, it felt normal that there's highs and lows, winners, losers, just the sheer quantity of things are back on track to me is almost like I would give 2022 extra brownie points just because everything is now kind of, more normalized, more the way things has always been type deal. So I, I think I would give 2022 a solid B. Yeah, I think that roughly checks out. Uh, I do think, though, a lot of the sequels that were not expected to show up, decide to show up. I'm thinking a bit of like Overlord. I'm thinking of Devil's a Part-Timer. Sure, you could say like, well... For the most part, most sequels did well. Yeah, but for some sure. definitely like I mean, fucking Shield Hero, exactly. Timer, those exactly. two like really dropped the ball. So look, I I I I think in many ways it's very positive to see things coming back to a swing of things. I mean, I think Classroom of the Elite two came out of nowhere in the sense that we knew they were coming, and then to all of a sudden be like, yo. It's here now. We're going to adapt all of the first year arc, which I guess is like at least another season. So they're pulling a shield hero. So it's popular. I mean, the light novel is extremely popular. Yeah, I think uh, Shadow's House coming back was like not necessarily too unexpected, but it was just good to have that quirky, dark show get a second season. Yep. So many... I mean, obviously made an abyss, but, you know, I'm going to say that. Yeah. So the final observation I would have is in terms of studios and how many productions they have per year, 
Uh, I actually broke that down as well. Um, so there were 20 studios that had two productions, 12 studios that had three productions, five that had four, two that had six, and uh, one each for studios that made eight and ten productions. Um, it seems to be that the magic number is three because the combined average for studios that produced three productions was a 7.6. So generally, if you're going to be doing stuff, at least have it consistently throughout the year, maybe one in fall, uh, one, in, one in winter, one in spring, maybe forget about summer because summer sucks, and then end the year with a banger in fall. Yeah, I mean... Checks out. Yeah. Checks out, yeah. But that's not the best performing. Now, of course, it's hard to factor this in because it's an anomaly, but Cloverworks with eight productions actually had the best combined average. Cloverworks, it's you, you cannot deny... That Cloverworks was a fucking amazing studio in 2022. Yeah, I, I I do really think that it was just nonstop. It was, I mean, literally nonstop. Yeah. As in, there was something every season. Was there? Uh, yes. Yeah. One. Yeah. It was uh three productions in uh, uh in winter, two in spring, one in summer, and two in fall. Like I'm I'm not gonna come out and say Tokyo 24th Ward is by me by any means good but to me that if that's like your lowest point I think that's all right honestly even then like a 6.9 something that's still like a C C minus yeah and I don't know it to be fair I think you even would agree that Tokyo 24th Ward at least looks okay it looks okay the story is a mess yeah yeah but that's that's and some of the voice acting was like kind of wacky. That's also a bit can't do much about that. But in my opinion, like, how is it humanly possible? Please give them a break. Put them on vacation or something. I don't know. I don't know what to do in that situation. But yep. so what did we learn? Don't overwork. Uh Leiden films at ten productions, but only averaging a six point seven three. Uh Call the Night, good. Hopefully you do fewer series so that at least you have better quality stuff. Um, keep your productions usually to around two or three. Three being best because uh, so far the studios that produced three series uh, throughout the year performed the best. Uh, and uh, if you're yeah, not, it makes over, sense yeah. though because one team, one project, and then maybe have a bit of a break. Yep. The, it, it, Okay, maybe there is something I don't know, but to me, at least on paper, that makes sense. You would expect like a three to six month downtime per team, right? I would, because how many times will have we seen the part one, part two of a season with a split season yeah. in between? Most, so it's unlim- like a pl- plenty of times, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm not surprised that it's if it's every other, but to able to do three out of the four is is pushing the limit a bit. But I'm glad, m- minus Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward, uh, Cloverworks stuck the landing. So yeah, good for them, honestly. So now we're gonna move away from the overall performance of the studios, and now we're gonna talk about genres. Now again, I'm gonna have to stipulate that these are genre tags that are listed on my anime list uh, when you click the filter button. Okay, so well hold this, on. Yeah, how many shows in total of 2022? Uh, 182. So. Did you have tags that overlapped? 
Or is it the first one counts as like the main one? And that's the other stipulation as well. Because there are series that only have one genre tag, but there are also series that have like five. So what you do in that situation? Just put it all in there. Whatever showed up, generally because of the fact that it's like sometimes it's kind of hard to have a series that is only comedy or only action or only mm. drama. Some of them will have some supernatural. Some will have some suspense, some mystery. Um, you said 182, right? 182 series overall. My third eye is telling me that half of them at least is isekai related. Well, isekai is not a genre but a theme, unfortunately. Uh, but if you want to, I guess, go more broad and say fantasy. Nah. Mm, shit. Also, we gotta we gotta get that uh, GAP intern. Will gotta crunch those numbers. Go well, to go to each individual anime and because list if them you out. were to go into themes, right? Isekai is one of them, but then you're also throwing in stuff like childcare, detective, avant garde is actually a genre tag. What the fuck is yep. wrong? So with themes Mal? would be like love polygon, high stakes game, maho shoujo, organized wait, wait, crime. Love poly? Can we? Can we go back a bit? Love Polygon. So not triangle. It's yeah. just let's, it's, it's it's a literal clusterfuck of like <laughs> incestuous or non-incestuous romantic relationships. It's, hey, uh Will, when a daddy line and a mommy line really love each other, they make But then your mommy lines. and your daddy are not blood related. But <laughs> but they're the same length cuz they are the same thickness. Yeah. I don't fucking know. So it's it's hard to really throw it in there, but in terms of like just just to let you know the genre tags they have are action, adventure, avant-garde, award-winning was a genre tag. I don't oh, know so what. Inuo is in on that, right? Again, unfortunately, I don't know. no. Uh, boys love comedy, drama, fantasy, girls love gourmet, horror, mystery, <laughs> there is romance, a food genre. Yep. I mean, I'm not well, so- not just food, but like art as well. It, it, it's 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 a Warm. very it's a very loose okay. definition. Because when I think of gourmet, I think of it more, I guess as a theme rather than a genre again it's like how do they determine well what is a what's a theme what's a genre right so if you want to go by uh mal's definition of gourmet it wait is, wait wait they have a definition yeah actually no yeah no it's food specifically yeah preparation and consumption of food or drink that takes place in a gourmet series and a narrative is designed to feature numerous different dishes or beverages Gourmet should only be double tagged with workplace when the social interactions between multiple employees in the same work environment are equal in focus to the food and drink. What the fuck? Yeah, no doubt that most of the stuff is just literally just food wars. Hey, how about 2022, 2023? What blows my mind is the fact that Mal actually has a definition. First of all, has... It as a genre gourmet. Yep. That uh, and, and among others like love polygon. Does it even have a definition of love polygon? I didn't know about all this. Holy shit! Love polygon. You want to look at that? Uh, let me just pull that one up. So love polygon doesn't have a definition, <laughs> but apparently sort hey, 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 hey. on because no, sort art online it has love polygon themes because no lines have been drawn yet, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, golden times there, which makes sense. Orange is there. A domestic girlfriend is there. <laughs> the, bro. Snafu is on the, there. The domestic girlfriend. It's not blurred, bro. Yeah. They, they, I don't know. I don't know. God, what, what is going on here? Right. So, unfortunately, isekai is not a genre. 
according to Mal. So what you got though? So you must have something to give me, right? Yeah. Um. No. No sh- Sherlock. That's uh the most tagged genre across action. The country. Uh, that actually came second. Shit. Hold on. Think about Shonen. Adventure. Adventure was not even close. Fantasy. Fantasy was third. Fuck. I don't know. Comedy. No way. Comedy. Bro, bro, uh, no, no way. Comedy occurred 66 times as a genre tag across 182. No way. What? Yep. I mean, I guess. I, I, I mean... Well, sure, you can have comedic elements, right? That, so then, therefore, why. it that's gets dragged why. in. And I guess action is because it's shown in, so there's always going to be a good amount anyways. I don't know. I feel like their Miami list is mixing genre and themes. Yeah. And they're not really having a very solid definition of what is what. It's 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 all very loose. It's it's not like easy to determine like what constitutes horror, what constitutes mystery, what constitutes comedy. I understand right? having multiple like tags or multiple genres, but when you have them distinguish between the two, because I would technically say isekai technically is a genre. Mm-hmm. I would say. Maybe not love Polygon, but I would say, like, harem is a genre in of itself. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have a villainous tag or something like that. Like, uh, how intricate do you have to be? No, they don't. They do have a, a harem tag for the for theme, for themes. Reverse harem as well. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, comedy was the most common tag uh, as a genre for all 182 series in 2022. Uh, however, it wasn't like the highest performing. Uh, that would actually go to mystery, even though they only had eight series that had the mystery tag on it. So, like on average, if it had a mystery tag on it, the show averaged around a 7.49 on Mal, which is pretty damn good. Um, but because it's only got eight series on there across the whole year it's kind of hard to make that as a conclusive argument um the next one though was uh supernatural uh with 15 series and averaging around a 7.3 not uh, 7.38 so supernatural series did quite well uh romance was also really really good too 7.3 yeah but again it's just because the show has romantic elements does that mean it deserves to have the romantic tag who knows? It's also like we're assuming that Mal as a whole organization is just like saying this is a tag, that's a tag. No, there's like multiple people that are working this database. Like how do you sort of like run everything into one singular definition? Is it anime? Yeah. Is it not anime? That's how you boil it down to one question. Yep. Uh, so – this is where like I think it's actually a little bit more interesting in terms of like understanding how they go about doing genre text because I've also put down the highest performing um, series based on genre tags for each season. Uh, so for example, action in winter twenty twenty two was Demon Slayer, but the worst was Rusted Armors. Uh, comedy was like there was there's a lot of stuff there. Like Uncle Isekai was comedy, Kaguya-sama comedy. Teasing Takagi's was would you consider Bochi the Rock comedy? 
comedy esque, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a mixture of slice of life comedy music, I guess. So funny enough, it doesn't even have the slice of life tag. Well, it's just then. straight comedy. I find that funny, but because sure. the, because the themes is cute girls doing cute things and music, so they probably felt it was more thematic the slice of life elements as opposed to it being a genre. See, this is where it's a little bit kind of like take take all this with a grain of salt. It's easier to distill like actual raw scores from the database, but when it comes to the genres, who the fuck knows? I, I, I yeah, I don't know. Um, they gotta check themselves before they wreck themselves because really, like, it's all over the place, really. But what is from a non-scoring perspective? What is your opinion of 2022 as a whole? That's what I said already. It's just basically like pretty solid. I think that what was like the, the, the major observation was like you already expected good stuff to do well and bad stuff to do bad. But all the stuff that was in the middle, especially the sevens, I found a lot of enjoyment watching them. Usually it's kind of like eh, if it's like a seven two or a seven three, I kind of avoid them because not because they're bad, but it's just I feel there's better stuff to watch. No, it just seems that now it's like I'll watch a show, I'll like it, find out it's only like a six nine or like a seven one. So, so do you did you have a lot of those occurrences? Because for me, I don't think throughout, especially during um during spring. Yeah, with it, with, I mean, like well, there was also like the whole like a Kebby made war, a Kebby sailor uniform. There was um, slow loop, like slow loops a seven point two, but I really liked that show. Yeah, but seven point two and a seven point eight for eight something for a Kebby sailor uniform was, in my opinion, like a big difference. Yeah, but that's the thing though. It's like I liked them both equally, and it wasn't. It ah, yeah. I see what you mean. Okay, so. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, I mean, like, we, so you we, gave, we even, we you even gave, talked about you it. You gave a, cape, a Kebby a seven? No, I gave, look, I gave them both eights. Oh, that's, I, that, that's what I'm saying. I gave, I, I'm, I, not, uh, I'm not saying by, like, my personal standard. What I'm saying is against the grain. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm, because, asked, what I'm asking. Because we, we talked yeah. about it as well during that specific seasonal, like, discussion that the sevens are actually really good this time around. So that that's generally how I felt across the season. Yeah, I don't think for me personally that any anime that i watched and completed were that drastically different in terms of how the overall my anime list perceives it to be or at least not in the in the same direction at the very least there wasn't like a banish uh hero banish uh from the countryside one where i thought it was like an eight but it was like a 6.7 or 6.9 or something like that such that I just didn't understand. I guess Licorice Recoil in a way, but even then I could appreciate why people like it and it is good. It's just not great. So I don't know. So what you're saying is it's been a very average season. It's a very above mid season. How about that? Yeah. Because it's like the way you're saying it, it's just like you're kind of, I wouldn't say like not down with 2022, but it was like, eh. Anime is anime. It's such a middle-of-the-road answer, but sometimes that is the genuine, legitimate answer. So, I see that. No, I mean, like, come on. There must have been, like, something that you observed from, like, 2022 that was like, you know what? No, like, this is something that, like, was actually great about it. Or maybe yeah, I, said, was really I said it really... was going back to normal. That's what I think was great about it. 
2022. Uh, oof, that's a is that is that a good thing? I mean, like you would expect that though, with like people recovering from, I guess, quote unquote, post COVID. Sure. I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing or like you know countering what you're saying. It's just more like any other kind of observations other than you know back to business. Uh, I I mean. I kind of put me on the spot, so I can't really think of. I mean, one. you also put me on the spot when asking me about like what I thought about twenty twenty two, right? Sure. So, no, I mean, I I I have nothing that in terms of from a genre perspective or anything that really stood out to me. Uh, but you would still, but you would still give like the overall year like a B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with uh, your 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 overall grade. It was it was, it was fine. Um, oh, B is more than fine, man. It's above that. No, it's because you get a beating, right? It's, it's Asian. It's Asian <laughs> parent let's, let's syndrome. Not be, let's not be Asian here. Come on, <laughs> Will. Just, I hate to break it to you, just, but last time you looked in the mirror, I be, think you just, would see. Let's just be colorblind weebs. Yeah, but B is good. B is good. Yeah, but if you, how can you see? If your eyes are so slanted, and that is the end. I of... wasn't even done yet. Oh shit! Fuck! Holy what? fuck! What? What, dude? Like, I wasn't. I was nowhere near being done. Because <sighs> not only did they do it as a drama breakdown, they did it as a John Ripper studio breakdown as well. No, don't do that, bro. That's crazy, dude. No, no I mean, again, it's oh, there's only like a, a few studios I included in here because I only included studios that had three productions or more. Because if you only had two or even one, then like whatever you produce is not does not really define what you did over the course of that year. Um, so, for example, if we look into uh, Leiden Films, uh, Leiden Films kind of pretty much did a bit of everything. They had some action, some adventure, comedy, drama, fantasy, romance, sci-fi, slice of life, sports, and supernatural. In fact, in terms of the 10 productions they had, action, comedy, and supernatural occurred three times as tags for their series. Uh, it was very clear-cut for, um, for Cloverworks, Comedy. Comedy was your strong suit for 2022. Uh, JC's staff, uh, which we usually know for doing more sort of like slice of life, more chill kind of stuff, like I guess also with comedy. Uh, surprisingly, their most frequent tags were action and fantasy, occurring five times across their six productions. So those were Danmachi Fourth Season, Executioner in a Way of Life, Requiem of the Rose King, How Realist uh, Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom, and The Strong Sage with the Weakest Crest. Um, and because a lot of those are like action fantasies, those tags also correlated with the fantasy tag too. Um, generally, I think that most of the time you kind of associate certain studios with doing really, really well with certain genres. JC stuff kind of buck the trend because you wouldn't expect them to do a lot of action especially since that 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 dumpster fire that was you know second season of one punch man um but it's good to see that at least you know they're you know flexing their creative muscle and going into stuff that isn't just comedy and size of life in fact the comedy tag only showed up once which was the demon girl next door season two um yeah i i, w- I would say that like generally if you were watching stuff based on genre kind of hard okay look do you remember there was a series called q yeah the idol show there's no genre tag for that so that it just exists as an anime entry on my anime list yeah 
I understand that, but then I I thought like maybe genres and the tags, the the di- it's just like this weird cluster mess of this thing that they haven't really figured out yet. Because originally they only had genres, and I think only recently did they added a secondary classification Themes. system, something like that. Yeah. So, so. theme wise, it's showbiz and music. Genre, there is nothing there. So that's where they have that kind of like uh, don't I don't really know what to take from it. And again, like as I expressed, it is very much take this shit with a grain of salt because it's not clearly defined. And if you were just to use this as your only metric to gauge on what stuff you need to watch, boy, you are you're 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 in for a mess. It's 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 not it's not that straightforward at all. But we're here to iron it out for you. Yep. Just like how you're going to iron out these uh, ending notes for today's episode. Am I allowed to do so now? Yes. Is, is this the end of our episode 51? Take it away. So, um, <laughs> Will, did you know you can reach us through I always know. You tell me every episode. Gapallet at gmail.com. That is Will G-A-P. Just do the damn thing. A- L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word, using the handle at Palette Good. That's capital P and capital G, all one word for Twitter. And through our GAP Discord server using the invite link that is in the show description. We have a website. You should check it out, www.goodanimepalette.com. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music by is In Your by Hasten. Sorry about that. My Our break music is Botai by Oi. And our outro music is I Don't Mind the Instrumental Version by Particle House. You can support the music artists we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or other various music listening platforms. And our royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sound. If you're interested, you can sign up using our referral link that is in the show description. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? Yeah, I, th- I, I, I guess I enjoyed Watching uh, anime in 2022. How does um, it feel to hold all the power of knowledge in in in, in, in at your fingertips? Well, I mean, like there is obviously an asterisk in, in terms of like the data that I'm working with here, right? It's just from one singular source, and even like the genre stuff, like I can't even conclusively say that oh, action was the best or comedy was the strongest performing when it doesn't really seem like the mal platform knows how to classify or even tag like all their stuff, especially when they have stuff that's like you would say that certain themes are actually better suited as genres and vice versa. It's, it, it's clusterfucky. Yeah. I, I, I think they need to figure out some sort of method or maybe the method will iron itself out over a long period of time when people readjust and realign to this new system. So like they have, they have Mecca as a theme as opposed to a genre. Yeah, because using their definition wouldn't, action and basically adventure yeah be kind of the genre part yeah so i guess i just don't i don't know where the line is drawn in certain areas at certain places it just doesn't make sense to me but what will make sense is what what's funny will so i was actually just looking because this is is just a throwback to uh, episode 49 um they have a gore tag but they don't have a violence tag they got to listen to GAP. They got to know the difference, bro. Definitely not a blood tag. So, um, yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's definitely like there's 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 more refinement that needs to be done on uh, my anime list. So if anybody's working there is listening to this, 
yo, get your shit together. <laughs> Just blanket statement, like, fucking get your shit together, all right? We use your service every fucking day. God damn it. So, I mean, okay, look, like, we're we're in the midst of uh, winter 2023, and, you know, you and I are both, you know, so into watching, you know, the seasonals right now. Yeah, so guess what we're going to do for the next two or three episodes of the GAP podcast? Not talk about seasonals, because we are probably going to do Gotta Watch Them All, and our second iteration of the anime series adaptation primer, ASAP. Nice. Yep. So... Yeah, uh, we, we we will probably likely update you here and there about our seasonal trials and tribulations. But as it stands, Will is about to embark on an online journey of sorts while I am of about to... Of swords. Stop the fucking show. <laughs> I'm not even going to go on to stop the fucking show. We're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs>